Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic. Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore. This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Hi, welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand, and Daniel Dadashi is my co-host. We have no guest today. It's awesome. It's we just can the just, two of us. It's just the two of us. We can chit-chat away as we please. <laughs> <laughs> um, the topic today that we're going to talk about is a little bit about organized religion churches and why they're not necessarily giving um, people what they want today. Mm -hmm. There's turnout to churches attendance has been dropping for years according to the research in our area specifically we're in the pacific northwest a lot of unaffiliated people um the vast majority of, the vast are majority. unaffiliated around here. right and that's kind of the people that we're talking to because we were with this podcast and so this topic's really interesting to me because it's not that people don't say that they are don't have a spirit life or spiritual thoughts and feelings and it's not that they don't want community mm -hmm. they want all those things they just don't see churches filling that role at all which is funny yeah. because that is exactly the role that they are meant to fill that's what churches are supposed to do they're supposed to do so what is it you know what's preventing this and i'll just read um there was a seattle weekly article recently that um, quoted, what's well, the, I'll give you the name of it, you can look it up, it's a really great article. It's called, oh, Losing Faith, The Closure of Capitol Hill Presbyterian Church. Mm -hmm. And so in this article they quote um, that the 23 to 29 year olds, I always mm -hmm. think this is interesting because you're a mill, you're a I'm millennium. An, I'm an old mill, you're I'm an, an elder mill. millennial. <laughs> an <old> millennial. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not, in my early 30s. I'm a Gen Xer, you know, and so we're the lost generation. Nobody talks about us because we're <laughs> so small. But I have to say that um, generally I, I identify more with mills because like, you know, baby boomers, they're my parents, right? Mm -hmm. So that's weird. So I was doing gig economy before it was cool. <laughs> Anyway, um, it's talking about 23 to 29 year olds and mm -hmm. they said that they're searching for communities that allow them to explore pressing questions significant to them. Okay. Um, a place to be anonymous until they felt more comfortable. I'm so totally that. That's, that's an introvert who wants to be known. Oh my God, that's so me. Um, a multi-generational space that breeds mentorship. Mm -hmm. Okay. And somewhere where they could witness people living out what they believe. So those are the four things that we're talking about here. And actually, this is a perfect topic for you because um, before I go off on my little tangent, <laughs> I want you to talk because as a youth youth leader, yeah. you know about some research on this. Oh, yeah. So in the in the youth ministry community, we're always looking at this sort of research because um, who's the first, from a purely self-preservational way, <laughs> you know, who's the first to go when a church starts slowly going under? They're not firing the pastor, they're firing the, the right. young person who's like, I'm taking the kids camping. Right, 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 yeah. <laughs> so we're always looking at what works in youth ministry and what doesn't. And um, there's a lot of push towards this intergenerational uh, ministry, this idea that in our world, we walk around and we're segmented by age in almost every situation we're totally. in. Totally. Mm -hmm. There's very few spaces where you walk in and it's infants to 90-year-olds. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Church is one of those places where we're all in one big room. And mm -hmm. for a long time, youth ministry was 
cordoned off and the idea was you, you send kids off to, to Sunday school and the high schoolers have their own thing and that everyone should be in their own section of the church and you breed a community that's smaller. Mm. But what this research is showing is that people want intergenerational connection. And there's been a lot of push towards that in youth ministry for the last, I'd, I'd say, 10 years. Hmm. Um, there's a series of books out that I recommend for anyone looking uh, for inspiration about uh, raising children of faith or how they can uh, inflict, or even <laughs> how they can have spirituality in their upbringing. Right, or even for your own self. Sometimes it takes that kind of thing to recognize what happened to me yeah. as a child or, you know, wh why I went the road I did or what oh, have yeah. you, you know. There's a series of books called Sticky Faith, and mm -hmm. they have them Sticky Faith for kids, Sticky Faith for adults, Sticky, and it's, the idea is uh, what makes your faith sticky or what makes it um, part of your life throughout your life. What's the difference between um, kids who were raised in the church and leave and kids who were raised in the church and continue to get something out of it and continue to mm. go to church through adulthood? Mm -hmm. And they did all these studies and they're looking at things and one of the, uh, there's a lot of interesting feedback about the importance of um, having a spiritual life at home, of praying mm. regularly with your parents, seeing your parents ask questions about their faith mm. and have doubts. Mm. Mm. and that being a big impact. But one of the main takeaways that we take that we use as youth workers is this um, rule of fives, um, that most kids who stick with uh, church, who have a strong faith that, um, and they feel that connection with their church throughout the years, um, when you look on it, they have an average of five adults in their life in the church who were not related to them, who were interested in them, who knew them, and who they classify as kind of mentoring adults. Hmm. This idea this explains why I am the way I am. <laughs> well, it's I definitely didn't have that. Well, and it's it, it it's it's kind of a new way of doing things where we see it as you know it takes a village to raise a kid. This is a church community, and it shouldn't be that you send your kids off and the youth director or the the, the nursery staff is the only one who has contact with your kids. No, we should be doing stuff together. We should. Well, and that doesn't together. even work for me. And that's kind of so. I'm going to go into a little bit about what turns me off to organize churches and, and so on, because I think it's important to call it all out and yeah. then you can kind of look at it a little bit. And this is, of course, only my experience. I know that anytime you say, I don't like this, somebody else is gonna be like, that's exactly what I do like. <laughs> um, but what's difficult is my kids also were, had a lot of anxiety, separation and all mm -hmm. of that, and they couldn't go to the nursery or they, mm -hmm. can't, they don't like the ch children's hour or whatever. And I also grew up in a church uh, where you sat with your parents the whole time. And so it, it just feels a little, you know, when that isn't the norm, that you don't mm -hmm. have your kids sitting with you, it's the so social pressure to not do that either. Mm -hmm. it, nobody might be saying kids are not allowed, but it's yeah. implicit mm -hmm. that that is happening. So there is one thing that with churches is a little tough, I think, on parents. From a standpoint from a younger, when I was in my 20s and so on, and I was kind of going to different churches, okay, this is a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> <laughs> People standing at the door, greeters, okay, this just has to be abolished. I I couldn't God, agree more. God bless them. I know the, the volunteers who do it, oh, I know that the, they're trying, they're, the you know, they're doing... Uh, <laughs> but people who are doing that, I know they're volunteers and they're doing, you know, they're asked to do it. I think that it looks like a guard dog. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I come in, I'm being 
looked over or judged, even though that isn't probably the case. Yeah. But it goes to that sense of like, I want to be anonymous. I don't want mm -hmm. anybody to know I'm there. I want to check it out. I want to engage when I feel comfortable engaging. Yeah. And if you have somebody standing at the door holding out a piece of paper to you, like you find people giving you pamphlets about Jesus on the street or something, mm -hmm. it feels weird. It, it just makes your skin crawl. You have you have stumbled <laughs> upon a pet peeve of mine for decades. When I was involved in, in college ministry, we used to have greeters and it used to be like five or six deep. Oh and my you'd be God. shaking five or six hands. <gasps> and I went to leadership and I said, you know, as a new person, I found it so intimidating. Wouldn't it be great if the greeters, if their job was still to greet and welcome people, but in the form of why don't they are responsible for sitting next to people they don't know and and maybe saying hi? And they said, well, well they want to sit with their friends. And I'm like, well, the whole point is to make people feel welcome. I don't know if like assaulting them with handshakes is... I don't think, you know, I, I don't make me feel welcome. I can do that <laughs> myself, okay? I don't want anybody making me feel welcome, especially when it comes to church and spiritual stuff. It's like, whoa, it's so personal. And I also yeah. don't know where you are on the spectrum. Are you a crazy, you know, join a evangelize me type person? Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to have that conversation right off the bat with anybody. What's your personal relationship with Jesus uh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <We've> <laughs> <laughs> go to the scariest question episode when you, if you want to hear about that one. <laughs> we have thoughts. We have thoughts. Um, yeah, no, I want to be anonymous. Get rid of everybody. It was, well, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church, and I do, sometimes there were greeters, I can remember, mm -hmm. but um, many, many times, you just have this giant cathedral and you you know you walk up to this massive door and this big mm -hmm. you know pull handle pull and you pull it open and this gust of kind of stale you know air comes at you but um, with that incense smell wow, yeah. and it's super quiet and you walk in and nobody is there you know nobody's there and everybody's kind of tiptoeing around and it kind of rustles in the big yeah. cathedral and it was like Good. Yeah. Like that was one really great thing I liked about, you know, that experience was because I it was me. It was my personal relationship. It was like yeah. I chose to be here and I'm just I'm gonna check it out in my own way. That um, feels like an introvert's dream. It is a dream for and also for a person who they they do spirituality in a contemplative way. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I know that on the opposite end of the spectrum, sometimes you're like, I want a band, you know, I want the banjo going yeah. and I want to like, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I was in a gospel you're, choir. Yeah, you're, really, you're really up <laughs> on the praise band, the banjo. Yeah, there's an accordion in the corner too. <laughs> I do like a banjo. Um, but I was in a gospel choir and uh, it. it was raucous and uh, jumping and I loved that part too. But yeah. it, but definitely wasn't like, let's go up to a stranger and say, oh. what's your spiritual life like? Oh, geez. oh the, like, the pressure to come up with the right answer. Yeah, so I don't know, you know how to change that. I'm just shouting that out to anybody who's a religious leader or just don't get rid of the greeters, The greeters please. are rough. Yeah, it's rough. Um, again, though, that maybe that's me. I, maybe there are people who just love that. and There like, must be. <laughs> I, other, I mean, the people who are volunteering to be greeters at least, right? Aren't they asked to do it? Like no, it's, a, it's volu well, here it's volunteer. I, I mean, 
Can now you I just offended all the greeters at this church. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I don't think it can be mandatory. Can you imagine? It's my week. I gotta shake hands with <laughs> seven hundred people. No, but you know how it goes. If you're like, you need a donut person, or you need the that, person oh, walking up like the aisle, or you, it's like a position to fill. Oh, as a youth worker. Have I ever guilted some people into volunteering for my events? I was like, you want to stay up all night with a bunch of teenagers, right? Um, I, yeah. I just always assumed the greeters wanted to be there, but maybe it is like a forced situation on both ends. <laughs> <laughs> everyone we can everyone only talk about it. this because Pastor Magnat is not here. <laughs> yeah. He has different thoughts. But anyway, that was the anonymity of church. And um, I think that's so interesting, not wanting to be known until you're interested in it. Yes. That wanting to have it on your own terms, which I think we, we forget about that idea that maybe someone does want to be known, but first they want to make sure that this is the place for them. They're, totally. they're church shopping. You don't want to have to commit to a place because you walked in 30 Oh my gosh, ago. I have been accosted at so many churches. I've been, I had, you know, I go to a place to check it out because I have like my journey if you this is the first episode you know I've left what I did and I've gone to a lot of different places and anyway I've had people come to my door because I fill out a card <gasps> you know and they come to my door with cookies and balloons, balloons? like my personal home door oh, to the, greet me to the church as the kids would say the thirst is real <laughs> that is I like, oh God, you know, you know where I live. And, um, or I've gotten on church rolls when I can't get off and they keep sending me things, you know. And You hit that unsubscribe button and it seems to go nowhere. Yeah, and um, you know, I haven't only just gone to Christian uh, churches. There have been, you know, other episodes that, but I'm a little bit more cautious where I give out my information now mm -hmm. and, and so on because of that whole idea of anonymity. Um, let's move on. I think we got that covered, unless you have more to say about that. I have more on greeters. <laughs> Just don't talk to me. <laughs> Please. Um, I will talk to you. So, so they talk about, okay, so knowing, being anonymous until you want to be known, intergenerational stuff. Multi-generational space that breeds mentorship. That's Mentorship, that is interesting. Because on the one hand, don't talk to me, but on the other hand, mentor me. So Well, and it... it I, I would wonder, going more in depth about mentorship, I assume they mean in a spiritual way, because I have to say, right. there are people at this church that I, I've worked I've worked here for eight years, that who I know, I think of very well, and I, I gun to my head, I could tell you what they do for a living. <laughs> because you just, you talk about right. your other no, things in your and life. And you don't want to talk about that. I think, for me, that that's kind of the best thing about this type of community, is that it isn't about the rat race and what do you do and how great are you and whatever. You get to talk about m bigger ideas, yeah. bigger theology. And, and smaller so things like family and, and your favorite things. foods and yeah. the traffic and the frustration yeah. over stuff. It's it's all the other things. Yeah, yeah. It is it is really, really hard to find a place. I know that in here um, there say people who are disenchanted by organized religion um, they find community, you know, mostly in activities like mm -hmm. yoga, book clubs, hiking groups, and organized sports. And we mm -hmm. talked about a little bit about this in uh, some other episode. I don't know if it's aired yet or not, but um, I think, you know, you can find community in all those things. Yeah. My experience has been, I find that community and it's around for a while. I might make a few friends, but then either I leave it for mm -hmm. time constriction or you get injured and you can't do it anymore or you know something and it just 
-hmm. it dissolves, you know, it, people move away, it evaporates. Mm -hmm. And so... It does seem like a lot of those communities that you mentioned are, they're, they're based on, on um, having interpersonal relationships, but there's also something else you need to be doing. Yeah. Hiking or yoga or reading books. Mm -hmm. And the thing about church is that there is no other activity that you need to be doing. Some people are very active in this church and don't come on Sunday mornings. Right. But they're interested in social justice work, so they come for that. Yeah. Or you, you leave for eight months and you come back and there's no like, where were you? Right. No, <laughs> the greeter's not like, where were you? <laughs> it's been so long. Right. Um, and it's, it it's is. just here. It's always yeah. here. That's really interesting because when I've, I've traveled a lot, and when I was traveling around the world by myself, um, there were some great moments and some really, really lonely moments. And I remember just feeling so grateful that my parents have, are, you know, kind of the rock of my life. And it's this sense of I can always go home. Yeah. Not everybody has that. And mm -hmm. I've often thought, my God, you know, mm -hmm. how different my life would be if I didn't have that. Because yeah. I felt I sometimes just had to go home and I could just know it was going to be there and mm -hmm. a place that wasn't going to change. Yeah. And maybe that's what we're talking about, that church can be mm -hmm. that type of place for you, but you have to find the right fit. The right fit. It sometimes takes work. Sometimes yeah. you stumble onto it, and sometimes it's a lot of church shopping. Right, right. And then let's let's see what else. The multi generational mentorship, somewhere where they could witness people live out what they believe. Well, that mm. of course. Um, I think that takes the form of um, of, a spi of spiritual, like seeing people pray, seeing people uh, c c contemplate their faith. Seeing people sing, if that's what uh, that's how they live out their faith, or but doing, also, yeah, mm -hmm. the social justice work, the reaching out into the community, the trying to make the world uh, look more like the kingdom of God, mm -hmm. and I, I think that brings a lot of people here. I know here at our church, when I go around in the community and I say I work at this particular congregation, mm -hmm. um, usually the first thing people say, because most people who live here haven't been in this church, right. um, is, oh, that's the church with the tent city, because we've oh, hosted homeless mm -hmm. encampments several times who, um, who stay on, on our premises, and that's kind of what the community knows us as, is, oh, that's the church that reaches out and they actually walk the walk. Mm -hmm. walk They're the doing something, yeah. I, we have a big... Um, Jesus was a refugee sign on, oh, on the I, church. Oh, I, you know, I special, I made that sign. Did you? It's a big <laughs> banner. It says Jesus was a refugee, and we got some good feedback and some not so good <laughs> feedback. <laughs> Fun fact. Uh -huh. um, we got some angry calls yeah. uh, from people who chose not to identify themselves. Um, and, and we're not interested in engaging in a conversation of, of uh, what it means, just basically saying you're lying, Jesus wasn't a refugee, and mm. hanging up or leaving mm. um, uh, expletive-laced tirades. Wow. <laughs> People get real fired up. <laughs> How Christian of them. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I yeah, not interested in having a conversation, which we're kind of like, well, you're, you know, you're welcome here too, and we'd love to hear. There was one other thing on our list they're searching for communities that allow them to explore pressing questions significant to them. Mm. This is interesting because I think that I personally need to find places that relate 
if you're going to go into the old biblical stories and all of that, which mm -hmm. one probably is going to do in a Christian church, mm -hmm. um, you better be able to relate it to what I'm, what's happening with me now. Because that all that stuff doesn't make any sense to me. The Old mm -hmm. Testament and like going through the desert, great, fine. But you better, you know, yeah. have a theology that relates to the present or yeah. I'm going to check out. It really takes a talented preacher, a talented theologian to be able to receive a reading on a, on a Sunday and say, okay, what is my congregation feeling? What is the what is this country feeling? What 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 do mm. we need to address as a community that also is part of this one gospel reading that they've given me? And if you're if you're stumped, if you'll notice the pastors don't know, they're usually <laughs> preaching the gospel, but if it's like too rough, they preach on an Old Testament or a New Testament. <laughs> it's too rough. Oh, let me tell you, and, and pastors will code, they'll be like, no, I'm not preaching on this. I got nothing. Um, but it's, it, I mean, when you look at it through that lens, it really is huh. amazing that they have very little choice. I mean, they could change, right. but we stick with the lectionary um, most of the time. Sometimes we change it, but Interesting. most Interesting. Yeah, I didn't, even though, um, and this is a little tough because you and I both grow, grew up in churches, whereas I know that perhaps some listeners didn't. But surprisingly, even though I grew up in a church, I knew, I knew very, very little about what was going on, for example, with this whole idea of the church year and, and all of that. I just kind of showed up and, and you know, uh, listened to some boring stuff. And <laughs> I think that's how most people do it. <laughs> now, another take on that and, um, is that somebody, it, I think it was actually Pastor Mike who was saying that a person who went through a very, very difficult time um, came and just let the liturgy, all of that, just carry them. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a really beautiful way of putting it because all these things that you can think are like, oh, it's so boring or I don't want to be there or whatever. But for some people, they're going and they're, they're really in a desperate state and they just allow, like you said, mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything. You can yeah. just be there and allow these things to wash over you and kind of carry you through the hour. Yeah. Um, and that that's a whole nother take on it, the liturgy part that when you're young and whatever, and you're like, this is so boring. <laughs> I, well, and it's, why do we sing the same songs? Why do we sing the same songs? Why is it always the same way? Um, but when you are, it, it, it's because it imprints on your heart mm. and that something is stirred up in you when you know something so deeply in your bones. When the song is played 20 years after you've heard it mm. and you and it takes you back and you know all the words and it's not even thinking, it's just singing or listening or experiencing. And um, I know uh, our pastors do a lot of um, visitation of people in hospitals or in hospice. There are people who are suffering from Alzheimer's and they see it over and over again, someone who's unable to talk or has no memory and someone starts saying the Lord's Prayer mm. and all of a sudden they know that it. person can, can say the whole thing through, mm -hmm. an Alzheimer's patient, because it's stored in another part of your brain. When it, that memory is repeated so often, it's yeah. not, it, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I, we're not here to fix all of organized religion. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> but, okay, did we fix, did we fix it? <laughs> Just greeters. <laughs> um, but I'm. this is a really large and interesting topic, and obviously everybody has their own personal uh, experience with it. And so 
write into us at challengingchristianitypodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Let us know what your experience ha- has been with um, your organized religion or not, and what you would like to see change. What are the four things that we talked about, the things that would bring you to a community or are you just like, never mind, that's never gonna happen. I'm sticking with my yoga and my, not, my hiking. Yeah. And or are you an old school Christian who's like, uh, who cares what the mills want? I, right. I want my kids in my Sunday school. And yeah, yeah, it could be. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. <laughs>